Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits into our lives. <laughs> how does it? Uh, good. You know, it's August and not a million degrees, so mm. I, I'm pretty much without any complaints. Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's happening with my boys in school. You know, I, they say that there's oh, going right. to be, you right. know, extended care and they say this and they say that, but they've changed their minds so many times. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to let it ride and see what happens. That is all you can do. Every day is completely different from the day before. Right. Like, yeah. it's it, it's crazy. And the so. best thing I can do is just relax and be ready for it. Totally. <laughs> totally. That's all any of us can do with any of it. Yeah. Like, right. You know, that's. This is it. This is what we're doing until things get, you know, normalized. So uh, it's taught a lot of uh, people to go with the flow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah. That didn't used to be me, but I I am enjoying being more and more of that now. Cool. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's better than. Trying to. You can't fight it, right? Like, it's just so it's just better to try to just be like, all right. Well, no, you I'm could gonna... fight it. I mean, that's what most of us do no. most of the time. That is true. That is true. You know, but th- th- this approach is better. Yeah, this approach is. Better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you? Um. Yeah. No, it's been good. Like it was a million degrees here. Like we did a ride on uh, Sunday. Very fun ride. But like we were all cooking. It just got into the nineties. Mm. We did a gravel ride. Um. And I don't know if you saw my post, but we found it a, a stream. And I'm I'm rarely one to just stop my bike in, our, in the middle of a ride and lay down in a stream on the <laughs> side really of the was road. A great shot. But yeah, it was. Uh, but that's say what we did. <laughs> and uh, it was it was that hot. It was just like it was crazy. Wow. Um, so it was fun. It, it it definitely that was that renewed us. And then we found a spigot on the side of a building where we could fill up our bottles because we all ran out of water. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it was fun, and then and then we had six inches of rainfall on Tuesday. I don't know if you've seen the news at all. Pennsylvania got. Uh, I don't still know how to say that tropical storm hurricane's name. is what you should call it. Um, no, it was actually super bad here. Like people died. Oh, you know, they got gosh. swept away in their cars. Um, <sighs> Yeah, and I'm not exaggerating when I say six inches of rain fell in less than six hours, I think. Like it Oh my it, gosh. 
it, it was historic flooding. That, I mean, in, that's like in, that's in like Bangladesh, area. you know, that's monsoon. historic. I've never seen like like major roads that you've never seen water on where like rivers. It was it was it was insane. Our part like there's a lot of cleanup. <laughs> it's a lot. Oh, of I can imagine. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that, but it was weird because it did happen like and there wasn't much wind here, you know, so I just worked away. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of rain and just sort of watched the backyard uh, fill up. <laughs> you know? But then by three o'clock, like the sun came out and it was a new day. It was a really weird storm. It, it moved through very quickly. And thank God. Right. I mean, I, I, I can't even fathom how much water I can't imagine how much water mm-hmm. we would have had. Um so yeah, I mean that was a little exciting. You know, it's always fun to bail out the basement and stuff. But um, what, 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 yeah. wait, what? Well, no, I mean like everybody in town has water in there. Like we had water in in our basement. I mean, literally, you know, we have we have a uh, thankfully a shop vac, a wet vac. But <sighs> holy cow! Yeah, no, I mean it's it, like this is it was thank God. Like some people had so much that their washers and dryers were covered in their like. Whoa! Like feet of water in their basement. Oh my gosh! I've never seen anything like it. I look, and I, you know, we've been here through Katrina. You know, I've been we've we've had like other stuff where it's like, whoa, that's a lot of water, and you know, has some water in the bit like that. But this, um, and I don't think anyone was really prepared for it to be that bad. You know, I mean, like we <laughs> knew it was going to dump a lot, but it 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 just happened so so much so fast. Well, anytime you get something that's outside of your frame of reference, it kind of surprises. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all have had hurricanes come up the coast. You know what I mean? Like, you like you live here, you get used to like, okay, we're gonna get a bunch of rain, and we'll probably have some flash flooding. I mean, we get flash flooding all the time. Uh-huh. But this was neck. This was a hundred percent next level. Wow. You know, so everybody I think was sort of battening down the hatches the way we are accustomed to, but really got caught off guard about the places that flooded and the main roads that flooded, much in ways that we haven't seen. Wow. That's where people, that's where people got into trouble for sure. Mm. Yeah. And so, so the water is all recited, re- receded so that people can ride again and life is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. I mean, uh, the, the little path that I take down into town could use some love, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, uh, the giant mudslide on part of it. There's a tree down. Some of it looks like it's not really there anymore, but it, it's gravel. I would call it category four. <laughs> If I was, you know, it went from like category one to four. I I could use bigger tires now on going back to maybe some suspension, but it's it's fine. You can get, I can get to town. It's all good. Oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. So, so is that. So I, I was going to ask you, like I had an Instagram, like it's been a crazy week, but I did have an Instagram follow mm-hmm. from some entity called the cycling independent. Right. And I, I was paddleboarding in my basement in my backyard, so I wasn't on social a whole lot. But I, I think I saw that you posted something too. Like I was sort of picking up on this stuff, and then I know that you we you've been sort of speaking in in cryptic ways about something that you have backburnering that I, I've kind of been paying attention to. And you tell me offline, but <laughs> like, so I'm wondering if this is all connected. Like, are you re- like? It seems like maybe you're ready to talk about that or share they're, something. They're, uh... Yeah, this is one of those spider webs that you pluck at one end and the whole thing shakes. Uh, I think that's a fair statement. Um, Does a spider end up in your face then or no? Not no, so not far. Okay, good. That's my favorite. 
Um, get it off me, man. Uh, I hate that. Anyway, yeah, go well, ahead. Um, yeah. So I, I may have a little something to do with this and, uh, your former colleague, Mike Cushenberry may have something to do with this. Um, and I don't get to say a whole lot just yet, but oh. I'll include. But you're putting it out there and it looks like a media thing. I saw a page mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it sounded like a media thing. Yeah, that's fair. And it's, okay. a, it's a thing that's coming. And, you know, it's one of those things where you don't want to say too much too soon because you don't want to overpromise anybody. But, okay. But there's something on its way. and. I'm excited. I have some involvement. Uh, Kush has some involvement. There are some other pretty neat people who I hear are involved. And um, uh, it probably won't be that long before it's a real thing. But yeah, right now Mm -hmm. there's a landing page and people can give their email address so that they can get an alert when it finally Mm -hmm. goes live. It's kind of amusing to me that the landing page... Uh, well, it's, it's two pages. There's the actual, I only saw one page. Yeah. So if you look at the, uh, the, where the form is to give an email address, Mm -hmm. they actually list their privacy policy and you Uh, can click on that to see the privacy policy and the privacy policy is actually longer than the actual site description. Uh, that's not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, you know, uh, what I can say of what I know about this operation is that, uh, they take their coming relationship with their audience super seriously. They, they want to treat people well. And so I think it's reasonable to start off by wanting to reassure people that you're going to respect them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You're still being pretty cryptic, I must say. Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those things that, yes, I'm involved and uh, I have a real hand in it. And uh, I'm yeah, I don't want to make promises that I can't keep. Um, Okay. And uh, so, you know, just giving people a little heads up that there may be something. Well, there will be something exciting coming soon. I won't say May. It's definitely coming um, and, uh, it'll be different than anything out there. I'm not going to say better, but it will, it will be a different approach. That much is certain. And, uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, it's a, yeah. Um, uh, okay. I'll stay say, tuned. I, I get to, I think I get to say one other thing. Okay. I'll say that the pace line and how the show has evolved uh, has had a direct impact on this. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. A, a, a debt, if you will. All right. Well, I, I audience, am, am equally intrigued by this. So I will, <laughs> uh, I will continue to ask questions as time goes on. Yeah. Well, you the, know, the reveal slowly becomes revealed. <laughs> Next week we maybe we'll get the head of this reveal and then, and then and then we'll see the feet and we'll be able to put together the the media version of burlesque. Uh yeah, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I I look forward to being able to talk about uh my involvement more openly. I I okay. do look forward to that, but 
I think it's just better to say, yeah, this is a thing. It's coming. I have some involvement. Um, that's pretty safe right now. All right. Yeah. So. All right. All right. What are you doing this week? We have we had a really big uh, response to last week's show. Um, awesome. Which, yeah, which was which was pretty cool. Um, so this week, I just have a listener's gravel grab bag. Is what I'm calling it. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, because we just had like all these like follow up questions and stuff, and I thought that we could just sort of riff through them because some of them are interesting and take it from there. Um, the first one, and I noticed this too last week, and I meant to mention it, and I didn't. Uh, in your setup for what a gravel bike should include, etc., you had mentioned in the promise front suspension, and then never mentioned front suspension. Um, mm. We got so we got so caught up on gravel tires and drawing <laughs> lands in the sand, uh, li- lines in the sand, <laughs> and what that should be. We kind of missed that. Uh, so worth a discussion for sure, though. Uh, like yeah. one one listener says. Uh, that when he was riding a hardtail 29er with 2.3 tires as his quote-unquote gravel bike, which I would say is still a mountain bike, but I get it, um, he eventually swapped out his Reba for a rigid fork because he didn't feel like the suspension fork was doing much for the small chattery bumps that was worth the weight and the bobbing up and down. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I think that's kind of fair, especially if you've got those big tires and you're mostly riding gravel. I think that's a um, a fair assessment. And then he says he's trying the redshift suspension stem on his drop bar gravel bike uh-huh, that he uh-huh. has now. Still deciding if it's a keeper, slight weight increase, etc. Has not tried the La Fork or any other gravel specific suspension. Mm-hmm. And then the next listener who also chimed in that we hadn't addressed front suspension says, uh, how much benefit do you get from front suspension versus using decent tires? He follows up by saying that he still does not go tubeless and he's wondering if uh, going tubeless would be a benefit. <laughs> I would like to start this discussion by saying go tubeless. Yeah. Yeah. OK. <laughs> I, End of discussion. That's I, the first thing. Do that. Then let's talk again. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a little speechless. The people still run tubes on gravel and mountain. I kind of get the road. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but yeah, yeah, gravel and mountain. I think it's a no brainer. It you're not wrong, but here's the thing: if you're if you're a rider who has primarily primarily been a road rider and you don't have a mountain bike and you haven't already made that jump to tubeless with a mountain bike, mm-hmm. going tubeless on gravel is a little more intimidating. And so I can completely understand how somebody might not have made that jump just yet. But okay, I can tell that's fair. I can, you know, just as you said, I can tell you, oh my gosh, you know, whatever the learning curve represents in terms of challenge for the individual, it's worth it. It is. You mean set up. Yeah. Yeah. Getting it set up. You know, I mean, yeah, sure. There's, there's some investment if you're, if you don't already have the right wheels for it. Right, right, right. But if they already, if they bought uh, a stock gravel bike, then the wheels are almost certainly tubeless Mm -hmm. ready. So it's just a matter right. of, you know, tires, stem, tape, and sealant, uh, mm-hmm. and then access to a decent pump to get everything seated. But yeah, what that does, uh, because you can run so much lower pressure, that that takes off, a, you know, what, a fair chunk of your need for suspension, right? Oh my God. Yeah, well, I mean, I told you before, I, I raced 
uh, all those rocky races on a hardtail, a 29er hardtail, with just low suspension, <laughs> you know, low tire pressure as my suspension. It, it can get you pretty far. I mean, yep. it, it, it really can. And on gravel, I think it's a no brainer yeah. because, because, because of the chattery stuff, <laughs> you know, a mountain bike inherently is a more stable beast. You know, so, you know, I, I, before tubeless, yeah, I mean, we all raced tubes, right? It, it was what it was, but, but mountain bikes were still more stable. But a gravel bike is less so inherently, and it's on often that stuff that uh, amplifies with speed and time. So you're on like a ch- like stutter bumps, and you're going to, like, it, in some ways, that's worse. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah you can find yourself in trouble that you didn't see coming um, as you're bouncing, you know, skidding along. Yeah. Or uh, bouncing that, that from the, root to root down a, a very steep hill. Like I did. Yeah. Relatively recently. <laughs> but it, it takes, it, it really helps you uh, stay in control and, and absorb that stuff and keeps your tires on the ground. Yeah. To have tubeless that are, that are lower pressure than a yeah. tube. And you're so, like and you're just like not worrying about flatting. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can slice a, a sidewall any anywhere, but you, that you're gonna flat if you slice a sidewall. Mm-hmm. Either way, yeah, yeah, and ever present risk. Um, yeah, and the other thing is, you know, let's not forget lower tire pressure. You're gonna have better traction. So not sure. not Cornering. only are your eyeballs bouncing less, but yeah, you're gonna hold on to the surface as you're turning through it better. Uh, so yeah, the, the benefits are myriad. It's, I mean, other than the difficulty of getting it set up, there are zero downsides, right? Yeah, totally. I, I, I agree with that hundred percent. So yeah. yes, my friend, go to bliss, uh, uh regarding suspension. Oh, are you going to say n- something? N- no, please. Oh, yeah. Okay. There. I was going to say regarding suspension in general, I'm, I'm firmly on the fence on the gravel side. I I'd mentioned on a previous show I had tried the Niner Magic Carpet Ride, mm-hmm. uh, which is a full suspension gravel bike. Right. And I ex- I expected to hate it. I-, I laughed at it out loud. I thought it was ridiculous. And it was amazing. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> I was uh, the one saying this thing's going to be awesome sauce. Oh, my Lord. Um, if they figure out a way just to make it a little lighter, it is just a little too heavy for me personally, particularly where I live, where things are so steep so often. That's but true. if I lived in Kansas or rode a lot and just rolling terrain, it would be a no brainer. <laughs> that bike would be a no brainer. It, it the, the suspension keeps you so planted. You feel like you're on a monorail. Like <laughs> it, it's, it's a, it's a great feeling. Uh, it, you know, and, and it does like, you can lock it out and it's, it's pretty firm locked out. Like if you're on the pavement, you can lock it out and it's, it, there's not a whole lot of bobbing. You might, if you really, really feel in princess and the Piet, you might be able to feel a little smidgen of a move, but mm, not really. Um, my jury is still also out on front suspension on gravel bikes. Frankly, I, the <laughs> low fork is not bad. It's a nice, it's nice. It takes out stuttery stuff, mm-hmm. but I am not a fan of the suspension in the headset or the stem. I have tried myriad uh, iterations of that, and I'm always aware of it. Like the head, the, the, the I don't want to call it, it's not the future shock. What's right. the, the, the specialist one? Yeah. Yeah. What is that I, one? I, I don't recall because I want to say head um, shock and that was Cannondale. And I might get a cease and desist letter well, for that. This is the thing. Like, I'm, I'm afraid to say the wrong words, right. um, but I'm, I'm not. 
I that never goes away from me. Like I'm always <laughs> aware of it, especially when I get out of the saddle. And I also feel that it does something a little wonky with the handling and corners and stuff. And it, it might just be there's something about it that has not settled well with me. And I, I'm not a fan. That said, I know people who very much like it. So I don't think it's necessary, especially if you do go tubeless. But I certainly also respect that more bikes are engaging in some sort of front suspension, whether that be decoupling or, you know, other <laughs> kinds of sort of soft, passive suspension. Right. As opposed to, to a shock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Have you tried the redshift stem at all? I have not. Okay. I would encourage you to leave the jury, at least one or two members of the jury, if not the foreman, <laughs> uh, outside of the courtroom until you give that a try. Uh, okay. I, I have very, very limited experience with the specialized system, you know, a mile <laughs> maybe. And you're not the only person who I've said, who I've heard say, it's just too much. It's too much movement of the bar. Yeah. The, with the redshift stem, there's not that much movement. And because it's moving in an arc and not a very mm -hmm. long arc, you have less sense of actual bar movement. Mm -hmm. But what I will say about that stem, I, I am a fan. And I went in with a very open mind and mm -hmm. trying to hold myself off from hating it. But I was like, let's give these guys a try because certainly I could see they were being creative and I gave it a try and, you know, hit a few really rocky, bumpy descents and got to the bottom and my shoulders were happy. And I was like, oh, wow, look <laughs> at that. Neat trick. So I, I am impressed with that product. What I will say about it is that it's. When it's going to be most useful is when it's most rocky. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely makes a difference. The Lauf fork to me would be a thousand percent more interesting if there was anything in it that worked toward damping the suspension effect instead of just being yeah. a spring. The yeah. moment they get some sort of damping going on in that, Oh baby, I will be all kind of I, in. No, I agree, and and you're you're in a lot of company with yeah. that sentiment. Now yeah. that said, my my personal uh, reservation about it, you know, no less a person than Yuri Hoswald is sponsored by them and has noted that he, at the end of very long days, he's been fresher than the other riders he was with because he was on that fork. So. Whatever it may lack in actual perfection, we should be careful not to throw a baby out with bathwater or, you know, make, make perfect the enemy of, how do we say that Good. one again? Yeah. 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 We shouldn't let yeah, perfect no. be the enemy. Well, you were the one that was going to toss that baby. I'm not tossing that. <laughs> I, I, like, yeah. I, I, it was in my hands. I'll admit it. <laughs> I, 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 I think it does. It's, they had me tested on the mountain bike and I was like, I'm sorry. No. But I think it does do a reasonably good job on for a gra for, on gravel. Yeah. 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 So they, they yeah. deserve some credit. I mean, yeah. if it was awful, Yuri wouldn't still be on it. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I'll, 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 I'll definitely give, I'll, I'll give the, the stem a try because I have not tried that and it is intriguing. I know a guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs>
Okay, what's the so next question? So this next question is super intriguing to me because that never occurred to me. All right. This guy asks, what's your opinion on a mullet setup for gravel with tire size? Hmm. So he's got a 2015 cross frame that he can fit something bigger in the front than in the rear because of the chainstay clearance. Uh-huh. So he's like, he could put a 40 in the front and a 36 or 37 in the rear. Um, I don't or a think 38, that, but okay, go 30, ahead. 38, 35 you could uh-huh. do with uh-huh. like a Gravel King. Um, and I, I, I stared at this question for quite a while because I was like, wow, <laughs> I never... It never occurred to me. I but I did it on my mountain bike for years racing. Mm-hmm. And I very routinely would have a two point three or something in the front and a two point one in the back or a two point one and a one point nine or you know I I did that a lot mm-hmm. um, to get that traction and grip and whatever on the front tire and you know where where you need it. But I it never occurred to me to do that with any other kind of bike. And I'm I don't even. Do you have thoughts on that? Well. I'll, I'll simply report my experience. My experience does not include running different size tires on a gravel bike. But what I can say is that every time I have pinged a rock hard enough to make the rim, you know, contact some, some rock through the tire, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always been the front rim. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, at the risk of making a recommendation of something I haven't actually tried, um, I, how about go for it? Uh, it Be careful. <laughs> yeah, <but> go for <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess there's nothing. I, I just keep thinking, will it affect the cornering and handle? I don't know why I'm so comfortable with it on my mountain bike, but not on something else. Like, I, I can't reconcile that in my head. I, and I, it might be completely unreasonable. But for some reason, in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Two weeks of riding that setup and he'll have forgotten what the bike used to handle like. I mean, suppose for an instant that the profile of the 40 in front slackens the head tube angle, I don't know, a quarter of a degree. I don't think it could do a half a degree, but say it does actually lift the front end of the bike enough Mm -hmm. to make the handling a little bit slower. Even if it rises above the level of threshold of perception, it Mm -hmm. won't be so much that it suddenly destroys the handling of the bike. It can't even come close to that. And so any difference between what the bike handles like with the new tire setup and what it handled like with the old setup, it's going to be gone. That sense of the change is going to be gone in a week, two at the max. Uh, And so all I see is an opportunity to have a little more float on the front end that won't do his hands, arms or shoulders any harm at all. Right. 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 Of course. And. What's more is, yeah, if he gets into a rocky circumstance, he's going to be that much less likely to get a uh, a front flat. So, cool. Uh, All right. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Mull it on. <laughs> Let us know how. Mull it on. Uh, Let us party know how when. Yeah. Party in back. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> and in the front if you want. Who cares? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a good um, one, right? All right. So finally, um, this one we have talked about before in different ways, but let's address it again. Um, This person says, I often get invited to go on gravel rides with people who are much stronger than I am. Since I am slower on the hills, they are always waiting for me, which sucks. Since gravel has such long climbs, the gaps can be pretty large. I then feel guilty and struggle to chase them. Then the ride becomes no fun. My wife, on the other hand, is a much stronger hill climber and has a better power to weight ratio than I do. So my question is, do you all mind waiting for the slower rider or should I just do my own thing? Mm. 
Mm. Mm. So I say, if they are inviting you, they don't mind waiting for you. In fact, they might like waiting for you. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I have certainly gone on many a ride where there are some hammerheads and then I scan and I also know that there will be some people who are a little more piano pace on the climbs. So I know that the whole day won't be a beat down and we'll have time to chat and take pictures and it'll be globally a recreational ride with some throwdown in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the real question in my mind is how you, the rider feels like if the ride is genuinely not fun for you, because as soon as you get to the top, everyone is like, Oh, cool. Donald's here. Let's roll. You know, uh-huh. like we've all been there um, and you haven't had a second to catch your breath. That gets old in a hurry. But if you're if it's not fun because you're worried, then don't. Because, you know, I know the people that, who I ride with and myself. If we feel the need to do a certain pace and not stop or break or do, you know, deviate from a certain pace for training purposes, we plan rides with like paced, like minded folks with the same goal intent for whatever ride we're doing on days that we aren't looking to do that. We welcome anything, stopping, Mm -hmm. chilling, laying down in the stream, (laughs) you know, like whatever the day holds. So uh, those are the things that I would consider when you're asking yourself that kind of question. But if they're inviting you and and they know, uh, you know, like that you're not quite as fast up the hills, then they don't they don't care. They don't they, they're, they're enjoying the day. They don't mind waiting. But if but if it's not fun for you, then it's not fun for you. And then you have to consider, like, how to make how to find a group that is fun for you. Yeah. Yeah. I Great points all around. I have been that guy who got to the top of the climb and everybody was ready to roll out. And I had to say, I'm going to eat a cliff bar. Can you give me a flipping second? Uh, <laughs> And, yeah. you know, I, I can remember years and years ago being ultra slow and getting to the top of the climb and having somebody point, go up there and turn right. And they continued to sit there because they wanted to give me a head start so that they wouldn't have to wait quite so long at the top of the next climb. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, they kept letting me come. So and I got stronger. So there's that. I was also a lot younger and, you know, whatever. I, the thing that I would say, given that these are friends and, you know, this is, you're part of a community and Mm -hmm. people you're in touch with, if they invite you, take them at their word. Yep. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. And the other thing I'll say that it, it just occurred to me since this writer's wife is on the ride as well, I'm going to say pour something in a flask and put a flask in her back pocket. So that she has a way to help them kill time while they're waiting for him. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to figure out like what, where we were going with that. Oh, no, that, that, no, that makes sense. And, yeah. and yeah, or if you really, I mean, sh- you know, you could ask her, but I, 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 I'm really like, I don't think it's concerning. Like any time that we organize a ride or I organize, like, I know who I'm inviting to the ride and I know what <laughs> kind of ride it's going to be. And if I want to beat down, I know the people that I'm going to be like, Hey, we need, and I'm training for something like, you know, and, and riding with people who are faster with you absolutely helps you get faster. There's no question about it. But like to do it all over and, and to, to be that guy is not fun. Every single ride. I get that, too. Mm-hmm. So you just have to sort of. But nobody, if, if they're inviting you, they don't mind waiting. Period. Yeah. I will say because I don't want to minimize 
uh, his concerns. I, that is a common, common concern. Nobody oh, wants to sure. be the one feeling like they're holding everybody else up. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. I, I, I get what that anxiety is. I really respect yeah. it. Um, yeah. And it, you know, I, I will say, I will even say it's not necessarily all that easy to let go of, but mm-hmm. the first thing, the first important ingredient is that is giving yourself permission to let go of that anxiety. And that comes from asking everybody, you, you're, you sure you're okay with this? Uh, and if they say yes, take them at their word. Right. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad somebody asked that. That's really dynamite. We're going to take a short break for our sponsor, Shimano, and we'll be right back. At Shimano, we love riding and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life, we encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears, and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. Okay, we're back with the pace line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, what's your pull this week? <laughs> Gravel bikes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was very popular last week, so hopefully. <laughs> well, and I had a couple of conversations with friends in the wake of that. So I get questions, you know, <laughs> yours are more the how fast my, can my body be or, or along those right. lines. But you, well, you did just get plenty of technical questions, so I'll be quiet. Yeah, but now. they were also, they were for both of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I get people asking me like, you know, whose bikes I like, why, right, why there are right. bikes I don't like, what to look for, features that don't matter, which ones absolutely do, all of that stuff. And to be perfectly straight about this, I enjoy the conversation because that's what kind of nerd I am. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a lot out there. So this is a question that I've gotten a few times recently, and my answer uh, today is the same as it was, say, two years ago. Going with a small builder is still my preference over buying a production bike. The Specialized Diverge is a pretty terrific bike, and the Trek Boon is very serviceable. And Mm -hmm. honestly, there are a great many bikes out there uh, that are, are decent, but truly fall short in some significant ways. The first problem I see usually is tire tire clearance. There are way too many bikes out there that struggle to take a 38 millimeter tire, let alone a 40. I'm of the opinion that if a 35 millimeter tire is the widest piece of rubber you can fit through the chainstays, then the Mm -hmm. bike isn't yet truly a proper gravel bike. While there are 
plenty of places where it's possible to ride unpaved surfaces with a 35 millimeter tire. I have had the experience that if you have to slow down in order to avoid getting a flat, the tire isn't big enough. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because it is possible to have a gravel bike, a proper gravel bike, not like an adapted mountain bike and haul ass down a rocky descent and not be pinging the front rim against rocks. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So because that is a real option, I don't know, go with a bike that allows you that option. Uh, So as I mentioned last week, my personal feeling is a 38 millimeter tire is the absolute minimum. and it's better if the bike can handle 40 millimeter tires for the simple reason that there are so many 40s. Uh, there are more 40s mm-hmm. than there are 38s. And, mm-hmm. you know, the very best of the designs in the 40s aren't available in 38. So finding out that a bike can take 38s, you know, can cause someone to go, oh, yay, right. That's mm, think about that twice before you commit to a bike that can only take 38s. Truly. Mm-hmm. The next issue I typically see is a combination of geometry and fit. Too many gravel bikes out there feature way too aggressive a fit. The vast majority of everyone I see on gravel bikes sits up a bit higher than they would on their comparable road bike. Getting the rider's weight shifted toward the rear wheel helps handling and traction on climbs. Uh, You know, even helps handling on the downhill because if you get your weight too far forward and it's too steep um hello you know yeah i i'm not sure i remember how to do cartwheels anymore so <laughs> yeah um that's more like an aerial so <laughs> anyway okay <laughs> nine from the russian judge uh, <laughs> i've seen many riders wash out in turns because they tried to attack them the way mm-hmm. they would a paved turn on a road bike yep. riding a bike with more trail teaches the rider to set up for a turn differently because a bike with more relaxed handling forces a rider to take a wider radius to turn. The yep. bigger the turn, the less grip necessary to stay upright. It's, it's math. I don't know how to do the math. Don't ask me, but that's math. Um, and while I don't think everyone needs a custom fit by any means, going with a bike that has more sizes available, like say in the cust, uh, in the case of a builder like Comotion with their clatch or allied with the Alpha All Road, riders end up on a better balanced bike. Mm-hmm. They need choices in sizing. You know, five sizes just ain't enough. Um, but, you know, again, there is a happy medium between custom. Custom's always going to be better. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to argue against that. But people don't need to go that far to get a good fit and a bike that's well-balanced and handles great. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's also the fact that so often on a production bike, there is something in the parts spec that just won't work for where the rider lives. You know, on road bikes, you swap out a cassette and you can kind of make it work just about anywhere. That's just mm-hmm. not the case with gravel bikes. Riders living in flatter places don't need the crazy low gears that, ri- that are necessary to ride and more mountainous places like where you and I are. And then one by options on many stock bikes don't have the gears low enough to accommodate the needs of said mountainous riders like us. Uh, There are similar issues with cable actuated versus hydraulic discs. If I was riding in someplace flattish like Memphis, where I grew up, a cable actuated disc 
would serve me perfectly well. But given that I live in Sonoma County, baby, if I'm going down a downhill, especially one of the bigger Hmm. mountains around here, I want hydraulics. No ifs, buts, ands, anything else. Hunter Allen uh, mentioned that at gravel camp. He didn't have hydraulics and they've got 12 mile descents. He's like, perhaps I'm like, yes, you should definitely get, uh, yeah. Yeah. And even if it's only, you might want some brakes at work. Yeah. Even if it's only 5%, a 12 mile descent with, with, uh, mechanical discs, your hands are going to be worn out at the end. Yep. Cause they're just, you know, yeah. The lack of power. Um, the other thing that I want to add is that buying handmade has a reputation for being expensive. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. Complete builds of the Clatch from Comotion begin at just a bit more than $4,000. I know that's not $2,000, uh, which is certainly a number that's easier for most folks to swallow. Mm-hmm. But I'll say that I don't think a $1,200 gravel bike would last all that long. So there right, does right. seem to me, I haven't done a, a finite analysis or anything, but there does seem to be a minimum quality level that riders need to be cognizant of. Um, when I believe it was when NABS was in uh, Sacramento last mm-hmm. year, uh, one of the finalists for the best gravel bike was uh, the Commotion Clatch because it was a handmade steel bike uh, all in. Great part spec. It was like $5,200. And I was just so impressed that you could have something that was so serviceable, clearance for 45s, you know, great handling, available in plenty of sizes. I want to say 10 sizes, you know, just a dynamite bike top to bottom, and you weren't spending eight or 10 grand for it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's a really wonderful example of what is possible out there. If you look carefully enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And certainly, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm struggling to understand why there aren't more bikes that are competitive with the clatch, uh, you know, in that way, more short run production, hand-built steel or aluminum bikes, you know, with a good parts pick that keeps them in a reasonable price range. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I I don't know if people, if people, you know, certainly when people come into mountain bikes, they don't feel the need for a custom thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, because you move around a lot. I mean, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of reasons that, Mm -hmm. that, that, that you don't necessarily need. Like when you're on a road bike, you're, you're pretty sedentary in that position are you pretty set in that position for a long time and things become amplified yep you know like you're you're it's not quite as dynamic full body and i wonder if 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 people sort of think of gravel the same way because you don't hear as much about custom gravel uh i think that'll change i mean i I, my, my sense is that as people get more into um as gravel bikes become more road bikes, which I think we're seeing, um, I think that will change. You know, people who go bikepacking and people who spend a lot of time mm-hmm. on their bikes and do things like a, a Kanza where they're out there for hours and hours and hours and hours. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'm running my mouth, but I've never had a custom bike myself. Like, I've never um, yeah. rode anything. I've never, I have no experience with it. 
None. I trust everything you're saying and I believe it and I can see why it would be the case. Um, but I, uh, you know, I'm a standard size blue jean. I'm a standard size foot. I'm a stand- like, I, I feel like I slip into generic sizes very easily in my <laughs> life. And I've just never really thought much about it. Honestly. I have a suspicion that if we put you on a custom sized, uh, gravel bike, you know, parts pick you like, you would probably pick up uh, or, or rather subtract, you know, a minute on uh, one of your more medium length descents. You would be quicker on descents and you'd be more comfortable in dicey turns. I believe that. I'd, I, believe, I believe that. I'd put a Ben Franklin on it. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, that, may, that, that, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I've just, I've never, I've never pursued it. I can, I can completely understand, like, you know, I have, friends who almost backpack for a living and they have custom hiking boots like that makes a hundred percent sense to me you know like mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. you do um <laughs> but yeah i don't know i i i you know i i know i have friends who are frame builders all over the place and uh you know it is very cool to get something just as you like it but it, but the other side of that coin is you have to know what you want and i think a lot of people don't know what they want well and the great, you know thing, what I mean? Like a lot oh, of people sure. have no idea. They buy a bike and they just buy. They don't even. And and this is not a slight to anybody. And I and please don't take it that way because why would you? Like I mean, you. If I if I were not in this industry, I mean, I barely think about this stuff, and I've been at thirty years, right? <laughs> but I, um, I am not one to think or overthink components and gear ratios and blah 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 blah, blah all that kind of stuff. I mean, unless I'm on a single speed, I'm barely thinking about it. I, it has to be glaring for me to notice it. So if that's how I am, um, I can't imagine like the everyday consumer just walks in. They don't even, they're not even knowing that you can choose other components. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They don't even yep. know that that chain ring can be swapped out for something else. Absolutely. That's just part of the bicycle. Mm-hmm. And if, and if it's not suiting them, they think the bicycle doesn't work. Yeah. Like that's a thing. Yeah. Oh, totes, totes. And that's not an unreasonable conclusion for someone to draw. There's a problem with my bike. You know, they're, you know, they're not bike experts. And so being able to track that down, you know, that's like, I hear a weird sound in my car. I take it to the mechanics like, dude, there's a weird sound. I don't, you know, I'll try to tell them what direction it comes from and I'll try to mimic what the sound is. Uh, But I don't, you know, I am the opposite of a car expert. What I will say about buying a custom bike is that the first time anybody buys a custom bike, they don't know what they want. They know that they're ready to take that step. They'd like to have, right. you know, that experience of buying a really special bike from a special individual. That's where it always starts for everybody. And that alone, even if you don't end up with a bike that actually handles better than what you were previously on, uh, it's probably going to feel a little better. But there's something really special about forging that relationship with a builder and getting a bike where you picked what you wanted. Oh, great- dude, I do do it just for the colors. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, enough. I would like just to do like colors and spokes and head badges. Are, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, that like I would do it just so the thing looks the way I want it to look yeah. like. And that's good enough reason. The rest is gravy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But what I will say is that a really great builder will 
And this is the part that I find so exciting is that in asking you questions about who you are as a writer and the things you like and the experiences you've enjoyed and the things that didn't work for you. And then they say, you know, it's like going to a great restaurant and, you know, you tell them, well, I don't want mussels, but I do like seafood, but, and they right, come back right, with right. a dish and, and, and you go like, my gosh, this is something I can have for dinner. Uh, it's, it's That's having, fair. having someone come back to you with an almost telepathic understanding of what you've needed all along. Gotcha. Yep, and yep. that's just super, super special. I get, uh, I've been riding both my Bishop and my Danucci a lot lately and I get on those bikes and there's something, look, I've ridden a lot of bikes. I've ridden, mm. I've ridden a lot of great bikes, but I get on those two bikes and it's not, it can't just be placebo effect because there are times that I forget what I'm on and I'll just think to myself, God, this feels so good. And I'll look down and I'll see the stripes or the triangles. And it's like, oh yeah, right. You're on a custom bike. Uh, it's a really, really special experience. It's not something everybody has to have, but for anybody who's been looking for that extra little something in their riding experience, if they can put the money away, man, it is so worth it. So much fun. All right. And then there's uh, just the fact that there are so many real characters out there. No, oh, that's, a, yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like bike builders are cool people and yeah, <laughs> definitely my peeps. <laughs> Very cool. people. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, let's move on to the pace line picks. All right. Um, I somehow have lost not just one, but two of my favorite pairs of riding glasses. <laughs> <sighs> both big <laughs> bad Patrick yeah. I'm sorry that's okay no that's fine that's fine that's how I am both of them were like the big shields not, you know one was a bull uh, and uh-huh. I can't remember what the other one was over the past year I've lost two because I am world class at losing and breaking sunglasses like this is my superpower I've left <laughs> them on the roof of my car and then backed over them once I've realized that they were on the roof of the car <laughs> I've forgotten I'm wearing them before I'm jumping into like a river and then watch them like, you know, float away to nothing. I, any way that you can get rid of glasses, I've done it. Um, so I but I have a million pairs of glasses because I've tested so many and like team I have team glasses from what, 10 years ago. So I've been trying to wear my like glasses that I raced seasons in and loved, but they're the traditional kind of, you know individual the eyeball I'm, I'm doing this thing with my putting my hands <laughs> over my face you can't see me making glasses on my face um i like the yeah, eyebrows trying, that you made <laughs> i've been trying to i've been trying to wear them and i can't get used to them anymore like i i've gotten so used to shields and i have i i, I don't i just don't like them as much anymore so i um i i went online and i bought a pair of sunglasses for the first time and I don't know how long and it feels ludicrous because I have a lot of sunglasses uh-huh. but I um I bought the new race traps by 100%. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. And I uh I'm just a giant fan. Like I'm a giant fan. They they uh 100% a lot of people are doing the shields right now, right? Like you yep. can find many shields, but but a a not perfectly done shield can be problematic oh, in many totes. ways. Yeah. It can be a fog machine um you know 
that which is kind of the biggest one like a lot of them you know will fog or that the sweat runs down the inside like there's a lot of things that can not be awesome about a, a not well constructed shield but uh race traps i are 100 percent. i like the race trap design but i like all of their glasses honestly uh i feel like they have it down like i feel like they don't fog up they have just enough sort of like frame not frame space from your face you know all that kind of stuff whatever uh-huh. voodoo they do uh they stay put they don't slide down my nose and i have like a little ramp nose so like i have that problem uh and the optics are amazing like i i, I like to wear the same glasses mountain biking that i do on the road and i also don't like a dark lens like people often comment like how can you exist without sunglasses like for whatever reason i've never worn sunglasses a lot even when it seems like i should because i i just don't like i don't know i don't know like i i I usually just wear a hat with a brim or i wear very light like if people would make fun but rose colored glasses i like like a a nice light thing because sometimes it actually kind of bums me out like i'll have like dark lenses and Mm -hmm. i'll be like why am i so sad and it's like oh because my lenses are so dark that the world looks dark so um Mm. Yeah, it might be a personal problem. But anyway, the uh, the 100%, they have a really, really... They're, they're scratch-resistant, which I need, because I'm going to throw them all over the, the garage by accident. And and they are, that happens all the time. They are... I've worn them in the rain. They do a nice job of, like... Um, you know, they're pretty hydrophobic, so it doesn't just sit there and streak. It sort of runs, <laughs> yes. runs down. And the, the optics are very, very good... Uh, even though they're not transitional, they they do a good job of you know one, when I'm in the woods or going back out, like they they remain crisp and they're not they don't uh, the contrast is really good. You know, even when mm-hmm. I'm under tree mm-hmm. cover, so they're 195 bucks, which I think you know is kind of par for the course for a good pair of right good pair of glasses. I, I hope to <sighs> I hope I hope these I hope this relationship lasts longer than than many of mine <laughs> with sunglasses. I'm gonna try. I'm trying, but. Yeah, that's my pick. Um, now, I'm curious. You said they're available in a photochromic lens. Do you know if the photochromic lens is hydrophobic as well? Because that's a that's a point that doesn't always happen. I do not know that. Oh, okay. Because if I don't have that, mine are just hydrophobic. Yeah, and oleophobic, which I don't even know what that means. Uh, I think you know that's that I think that's uh, oil resistant, so that it's easier to get like fingerprint oils and other stuff off, oh, if I recall correctly. Okay, I need that too. <laughs> I need all the phobic I can get with my sunglasses. <laughs> Are they running them over your car with your car phobic? <laughs> well, that might be a little different, uh, a little harder to to get. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe we talk to Anvil cases for that part. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, so yeah, most of my photochromic lenses on my glasses are not hydrophobic. Interesting. Um, some Is of them the are coating or something yeah. or the quality of the, okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a difficulty in putting that coating on a photochromic lens. Uh, that's <laughs> all I know. I don't know the why, the how, the what's, uh, but I know the is, and the okay. is, is that it's hard. And so there are some photochromic lenses that I know I can ride in like, um, damp conditions, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like maybe foggy and I'm okay. And then there are others where, yeah, the the water just kind of clings to the lens and doesn't do exactly anything. It's mean. like, great, I'm going to die. Yeah, no, no, no. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah but, uh, pro- that is a problem. Yeah. And when I'm not wearing photochromic, I'm with you. I love a good rose colored lens. Uh, 
I, you know, you can see my pigtails. I am Pollyanna part-time, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, seriously, I, I think, I think there are a lot of lenses out there that are really darker than they need to be. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. And, yeah. and you can't do anything about it. Like the ones that are right. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, going through a meadow in Anadel and then diving into some dark redwood forest uh, if I've got anything darker than a, a, you know, kind of a rose colored lens or a rapidly transitioning photochromic lens, I've got to like pull over for a second. Totally. I, totally. So I it's just like don't night. make that mistake. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. What do you have this week? Well, for the last few months, I've been wearing the laser coyote helmet on my mountain bike rides. It's a trail okay. helmet with plenty of coverage for the back of your head. I've found it to be you know, a, a really comfortable he uh, helmet. And while the visor is fixed, it's well positioned and long enough to be truly useful when emerging from forest on a sunny day. I've encountered a few helmets recently that want to do anything but sit squarely on my head. It's like mm -hmm. the happiest so thing. Yeah. And it's like, I look, I look like, uh, you know, some disheveled something or other, uh, like a five-year-old. Yeah. 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 I mean, even my seven year old's more stylish than this. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, the coyote is always sitting square on my head. I'll get back and see myself in the reflection of the glass on my car. And it's like, oh, good. It's not sideways. Um, <laughs> um, what makes the helmet really worth mentioning, though, is that it's only ninety nine ninety nine and features. That is nips. worth mentioning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, oh, a hundred dollar helmet. Sure. Everybody makes those, but a hundred dollar helmet with MIPS. Uh, and you know, that protective layer that, you know, is there in the event of twisting or shifting forces, uh, in a crash, mm -hmm. it has made a difference in, in my experience with this helmet already, because I've banged a few low hanging branches and mm -hmm. I could, on two of the occasions, I could feel a funny little extra shift in the helmet as I banged in. And I was like, "Interesting! wow, I bet that would have been a headache. That's the rotational force. Yeah. 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 Um, it wasn't hard enough to crack the helmet or dent it or anything, but it was just hard enough for me to go, yeah, that would be a headache if I'd gotten home with a, a different helmet. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, you know, most more price conscious helmets uh fall short in some fashion and right there's literally and it's no not hot it's well ventilated all yeah, that kind of yeah, stuff big holes yeah. big holes um i i was thinking about it because for a long time i was riding the helmet going well it's not that remarkable and then i looked up what the retail price was i was like oh no that is remarkable <laughs> wow that's cool <laughs> yeah um so it's it's actually a really good argument for not spending more <laughs> yeah and you can spend a whole lot more yeah yeah and this is one of those all you know one of the other things is so often the the less expensive helmets look like less expensive helmets you know yes. like the yeah. b team no, from they, the they really do they look like a mushroom on your head like yeah. they look like a bucket yeah yeah and this you know if they were charging 200 dollars for this i wouldn't have been surprised but That's interesting. Yeah. So they've done a really, really neat job on the helmet. Uh, and I've oh. become an absolute fan. Unfortunately, they're out of stock at laser right now, but not surprising. You know, they are in stock at some shops uh, and they will be back in stock. Uh, they said in September. So it's coming. Um, cool. 
you know, I was thinking earlier today, Celine, that we would get to the point late in the show where I would ask you, like, what are you doing this weekend? What event are you going off to or whatever? And I don't get to ask you that anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a few it's been a few months. <laughs> I mean, I, I've there's been a couple of things. I mean, it was nice to say, hey, I'm going to gravel camp. That was fun. Um, yeah, the, uh, we are. There are still in PA. There are still local events that are happening that are small. <laughs> you know, that is that is still. So this fall, fingers crossed, there should still be local events, even like a very you know little unpaved, you know, that <laughs> should be able to uh, proceed. But for sure, it's 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 different. I mean, it's been, you know, I, I certainly miss that. Um, those events, you know, it's been it. It's been nice to uh, get creative and discover new things, and you know, do do different rides that I wouldn't do otherwise, for <laughs> sure. But I'd be very happy when events come back. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of ready for some sort of greater interaction with other people. Yeah, it's a little depressing to walk in Trailhouse and like there's only the staff inside. Everybody else is outside, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm alive. My family's healthy. I'll keep behaving. Yep. Yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're all, we're all, uh, we're all sick of the storm. You know, that's for sure. We're all, we're all very weary of it, but it will pass. All yep. sort, They all do. And it will. I just trying to like, this is definitely an endurance event and we're in the not fun part of it. We're like, what the hell? <laughs> Is this the darkness? <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely in the tunnel, man. <laughs> um, yeah, only I don't know how much longer the darkness is going to last this time. That's but the worst part of the darkness. It'll pass. Yes. It always does. Yes. Always does. Even at Dirty Kansas. Uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> and historically, I mean, all the all the terrible plagues of the world have passed. Like and this will this this will too. You know, this will. But <laughs> It does suck. We're right there with you, folks. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a wrap on another episode of The Pace Line. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, keep the questions coming. You all are sending great stuff. It's really a lot of fun to address these. Hi, Yogi. Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> if you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our Pace Line kits from Primal. They're up in the RKP store. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, Please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager and Yogi. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.